TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Now, it's time for the Jason and John Show, Respect Burgers. Sizzling Respect Burgers, served hot and fresh from Jason and John. And of course, John's going to back me up with some disrespect dogs. I wonder if they'll be handed to some dudes in Alabama. Stay tuned. But first. My respect burgers, and I'm going to go uh, here in this case big before I bring it home locally, and we'll start, and she should get it, uh, with Swedish goalkeeper John Zesira Musovic. Don't know if I'm doing really well. It's probably really bad on that pronunciation, but she was absolutely key, and you've got to give them the respect they deserve uh, in Sweden knocking off. Uh, the U.S. Earliest exit ever for the U.S. in a World Cup out in the round of 16. Uh, does not score. We could not score uh, in regulation, could not score, and it goes to penalty kicks. You lose 5-4. And the thing about the Swedish goalkeepers, not only did she get some huge stops down the stretch against Lindsey Oran and Alex Morgan, she also, and you don't see this all the time, she lined up in terms of the penalty kicks. And got and scored a goal for Sweden and winning five four. And so, uh, listen, it's not the uh, the result any of us wanted, but you do for a Sweden team that was, let's be real. I mean, it was the B storyline coming into this game. It was all about the the USA. And keep in mind, Sweden won its group. Uh, you got to give them all the credit of the world. And that that Swedish goalkeeper was right in the middle of it. And so, a uh, tip of the cap to them. They move on. They'll play Japan. Should have been us. Uh, in the quarterfinals on Friday. And that's probably going to be your World Cup coverage uh, here from J&J the rest of the uh, uh, of the way. Moving on, and this occurred on Saturday. John asked me what I was doing. He was asking really about Saturday night. Earlier in the day, I had been down at FedEx Forum. We talked about it. It was a commencement ceremony, summer commencement for U of M graduates, and a big, big respect burger, a fat one because he can eat, to Joey Dorsey. John mentioned the story last week. Joey Dorsey got his degree over the weekend, worked last year. as a, Was it grad assistant or volunteer assistant, John? Which one, which one of the twos? Was it more – was it volunteer assistant? He had one of those grad assistant spots. Do you remember? Uh, it was uh, – Either way, he's on the support staff. I just – I wanted to get it right if I could. Was he finishing up, and that's why? And he was – it was in a – no. This was his – No, he was – He got his undergrad, Yeah, right? undergrad, yeah, yeah. yeah. So undergrad. I'm assuming it was as a volunteer assistant that he had joined the staff last year. John had uh, 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 talked to him. We talked about – Joey possibly getting into coaches, but it was fantastic. He didn't just get his degree over the weekend. He actually walked on Saturday as well. I had mentioned why I was down there earlier in the week uh, last week. My niece, Kristen Smith, a respect burger and a congratulations to her as well and to all the graduates uh, over at the summer commencement. I thought Hargrave and those guys did a good job getting them in and out. Uh, that was the thing about uh, being at that commencement ceremony on Saturday is, I mean, the U of M's got this down to a science now, but the folks down there, um, did a great job in terms of the keynote speaker, all that kinds of stuff. And so, again, a congratulations to Joey Dorsey, former Tiger, 
to Kristen Smith and the many others who were down at FedEx Forum on Saturday as part of the U of M's graduation. Is the fourth, I mentioned it, fourth member of my family now to have graduated from the U of M. It's kind of becoming a thing. Yeah, it's a good uh, thing. Though. My mother, uh, me, and then my brother's two daughters, my nieces, twin nieces, both now graduated. And as part of that, John, i got to hand out another respect burger to a gentleman by the name of Raymond Stewart. He works down at FedEx Forum, also works down at the Peabody. So those that are back at that bounce back and forth between the two will know Brother Ray, as I call him, very well. For the second straight year, uh, my other niece graduated from the U of M last year. For the second straight year, Raymond was instrumental in getting my mother, who is 74 years old, not in the best of health, uses a walker, those kinds of things. Raymond went out of his way, met us on the third floor of the parking garage, got my mother in a wheelchair, and got her to you know where she needed to be for this graduation. And again, I would tell you, and I try to do this every time I have a run-in or an instance like this, with anyone that's down there at FedEx Forum, from the, the ushers to the, to the guest relations specialists uh, to my guy Raymond, they go out of their way to make you feel at home, and he certainly did for a second straight year in terms of making my mom, who would come in from out of town to see her granddaughter graduate, just going out of her way to keep her comfortable. Again, tough for her to get around, uses the walker. Uh, he brought the wheelchair out, and I just cannot thank him and the rest of the FedEx Forum staff as well for, for everything they do down there. For the folks that, you know, a little bit tougher to get down there uh, to see, you know, their loved ones uh, graduate and everything else. So I have to send a shout-out, and I told him I would, uh, to Brother Raymond Stewart down there at FedEx Forum. Again, works there, and apparently, he told me, also at the Peabody, which brings me to my next respect burger. Uh, my mom, I mentioned, is staying down at the Peabody uh, until uh, through the rest of the evening, came into town for her granddaughter's graduation, and this weekend, we went down to visit I had not watched the entirety of the duck walk. 47 almost years uh, on this earth, been in Memphis a long time, and had not, not all of the 47, but almost all of them since the second grade. I'd never seen the entire duck walk, seen bits and pieces of it. And it said, since my mom was staying down, well, let's get Chris down there so he can see the duck walk and everything else. Dude, Chris got picked as the honorary duck master. And the guy down there, that is the Duckmaster. I'm not sure how familiar you guys are with him. He's been doing it about four and a half years. His name is Keenan Walker. Uh, at one time, an actor. At one time, worked at the Civil Rights Museum. I asked him a little bit about his story because if you are around him, uh, and, and anybody who was down there would, would, would probably back me up on this. It's not just me because my, my kid ended up getting picked as the honorary Duckmaster. Anytime he is around uh, 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 young people, whatever it is, whatever age, this dude can bring a light out of you uh, in a way that is clearly a gift from God. I have no doubt about that. The guy they've got as the duck master, he, like I said, it's it's a special gift. It's mm -hmm. it's perfect. And maybe it's some of the the acting background that he's got. I looked him up, John, and if you, you look up this brother, Keenan Walker, he's actually, you can see him uh, 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 on Instagram having dinner with Paul Rubens. Pee-wee, wow. who we just talked about last week, passed away. Yeah. Like in Beverly Hills and, and everything else. And you think about Pee-wee's gift, right, Paul Rubin's gift, and, and Pee-wee's Pee playhouse we talked about last week. Like that, that, that dude had a knack for being able to, to relate to kids and getting kids to hook into him. I'm telling you, this Duckmaster has a similar gift. 
And again, maybe that comes from the acting chops and the Hollywood background or whatever else. But Keenan Walker, they got the right man as the duck master now. And they've had people hold down that gig. I guess the original one held it down for over 50 years. But he had the whole room in the palm of his hands. You guys should know the story of the the ducks. They do it twice a day. Ducks march down from the from the rooftop, go back up at night. And this guy that oversees it all is a treasure uh, that, that, that the Peabody has in terms of uh, what he does, uh, the show he puts on, and sort of the, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know what you call it. It was almost like a 10 in the circus or something. I mean, w- what an event and, and what a job he did presiding over things. So respect, Berger, to Keenan Walker, the fantastic Peabody Duckmaster. And, again, not just because he picked Chris, because if you've been down there as part of that event, uh, you see the sort of magic that he's able to weave. And so those, John, would be uh, respect burgers. Also, uh, my round of respect burgers today, also you have to give one out to the the folks of uh, Memphis City Schools, Shelby County Schools, everybody that's back in. Respect Burger, we're all back, fully immersed now in learning, and we're certainly hoping and praying for a safe and productive year. There you go. There's to, there's Monday's installment. All right. Well, I am going to give a uh, disrespect dog here to uh, to a little off the beaten path, but I'm going to give it to the Los Angeles Angels, and I'm going to do it because the Los Angeles Angels have lost six games in a row. They were swept by the Mariners over the weekend. Home stand, four games, four game sweep for the uh, Los Angeles Angels. They are now 56-57 and 57 on the season. They're seven games back of Toronto for the final American League wildcard spot, and they still have to leapfrog Boston, New York, and Seattle, too. It ain't happening. And they didn't sell. And they didn't sell Otani, who is going to walk away for nothing, right? Um, and, and, and you have literally nothing to show for it. I mean, you have two good players. One's never healthy in Mike Trout. And the reason why I say this is that, look, there's two ways to, to, to run an organization in sports. You can do it well or you can do it poorly. The Angels are poor. They are a poorly run organization, and they're going to lose the best player that they've ever had for absolutely nothing. Like, imagine that. Imagine, like, in the NBA or the NFL, imagine, uh, the, the, you know, the, the best quarterback in the game. Like, imagine the Cincinnati Bengals losing Joe Burrow for nothing. Imagine, imagine uh, the Chiefs losing Patrick Mahomes for nothing. That's the kind of player that we're talking about here. I mean, a generational talent, they can do both. Um, now, I will say this. I think Shohei Otani is the uh, best player in a low-leverage situation in the history of baseball. And I would say he is not that in high-leverage situations. Like, in this series, which was very important to the wild-card hopes of the Los Angeles Angels, he has been pretty bad. Uh, struck out twice yesterday. Had one single, but I feel like every time I look up and I see Otani doing something, it's in a game that doesn't matter. You know, it's in, it's in a it's in a spot. Dude, every time he, when he when he does pitch four or five scoreless innings or whatever and hits a home run, they lose. Like, they, well, that's true too. His team it. stinks. That's what I'm his, saying. His I mean, how, how, you expect him to be yeah. perfect every time. No, out. I mean, that, and that's a fair. That's every a fair, time the dude has a great performance, that's they a lose. fair rebuttal. I mean, that is a very because I mean, even yesterday, the, dude, they're uh, they're starting because I happened to watch it. I had nothing else to do. The starting pitcher for the Angels had 12 strikeouts. And they lost. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's what it. they do. That's that's yeah. insane. It's, it's, and it was an extras, you know. But it was it's insane to to lose a game where your pitching is that great, um, you know. And I think that's that's the disrespect dog today is it's going to the Angels because, uh, you know, if if you're like you had a chance to get I don't know eleven elite young prospects, you know, 
And yeah, you're giving up on Otani, but you kept him, and you're still losing. Yeah. And you're going to lose him at the end of the year for nothing. So you've lost in every way imaginable at this point with him. I mean, I know it's not easy. It's not easy to look at your fan base. Because, like, it, I will say, like, you looked at the crowd shots in that game yesterday. It was like nothing but, you know, Japanese folks who come to the L.A. games and, they're, and, they're, and they rally around Shohei and they love it and it's a big part of They have, like, Japanese advertisements for cat food at the state. Like, it's, it's a big part of who they are. But at, at some point, all right, here's where we are in the standings. Here's where we are with Shohei's negotiations. Here's where we are with what we can get for him at the trade deadline. You know, I feel like it was pretty obvious to everybody that trading him would have been the right move. Hard, yeah. but the right move. Um, and they did not do it, and they held on to him, and now they're going to pay for it um, by getting nothing. So, again, you know, it's uh, there's there's two ways to to run a franchise, and the Angels have chosen to run it poorly. You got those. It sounds like you got those Major League Baseball standings up. Do you? Uh, I can. Don't worry about it. No, I'll, I'll let you. Well, know. Who, who do you if need you to scro- know about? I was going to say if you scroll on down. Oh, the Cubbies. Yeah. One and a half out. Yep. Took two of three from the Braves. That's a big one. And you guys were buyers of the deadline, correct? Uh, Yes. Decided to, hey, let's give this thing a run. And the thing about the Cubs, and I'm not going to go You're going to have back of Milwaukee. Yeah. Look at the run diff. Plus 75. Wow. It's up there with the, you know. Yeah, they're slumping and you're rolling right now. You're 7-3 in the last game. The entire rest of the Central got a negative run diff. Cubs are plus 75 up there with some of the better teams in baseball. Tough to they either clobber you or they lose, but all in all, what I think it's fifteen of nineteen now. The Cubs have won very quietly, snuck back into position to potentially, you know, win this division. Crazy, yeah, uh, and crazy fun to see the Cardinals down there at forty nine and sixty four. Do, do you agree that the Angels deserve a disrespect dog for the oh, way absolutely. they handled oh, Otani? It was awful. It was awful. Like, and, is it just because they didn't want to? Well, it's not just him. It's having Trout too. Like they've blown it with a couple of uh, right. you know uh, they were called he's called. Five tool guys, whatever the heck they, you know, those five star guys, and ba- they've blown it with a couple of guys now. In terms of they've they've just remained a losing outfit, even with some of the best, literally the best talent in baseball. And so, you know, you've wasted it, you've squandered it, mm-hmm. and really to get anything for it would have been. I, I kind of like that they didn't do anything dumbly. Because to get anything forward, a whole new farm system, basically, yes. which you should have gotten for, yes. but but that would have been a reward. For, for, for having him in the first place when they didn't deserve anything. They've wasted him, and they've put nothing around him and Trout. Now, Trout, p- part of Trout's problem is is not just it's, – it's health. It's staying on the field. But what I'm telling you is that's two of the best players in baseball they've done. They've squandered uh, the time that they've had them. And so, I, yeah, 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 they deserve a respect burger every day of the week for how poorly it's gone. Yeah. Um, and what's going to suck is when he's over there in Dodger Blue. 100%. And, and, and that entire uh, Japanese crowd that you got's moved going over. To, yep. I mean, and, and, yep. and they're, and, but they're winning with him. They're winning, yes. Because they'll put enough around him. No, I mean, he, he is a special talent, and it is a shame that, uh, you know, I don't know, like I was trying to think of like a comparison for him in like basketball. Is he like the Dame Lillard of ba- Major League Baseball? Why do you say Dame? Because he puts up big numbers. Dame don't play defense, and this dude is an elite pitcher. Okay, well you're getting so, you're getting so, too into the nitty well, gritty I, I, with. Well, that's why I was really interested in who you're going to compare him to. Because like, Dame never there won is anything. no one like him. Well, that yes, because but you can't say like LeBron because he doesn't have any championships. You can't say him. 
But I guess you would, if physically he is probably closest to Le- LeBron of baseball because he can do it all. LeBron can do it all. LeBron can guard. He can shoot. He can get to the rim. He can do everything. But LeBron wins. LeBron's got four titles, and Shohei does not. But I guess baseball is just so different, man. Baseball is so different because you have, you have so many moving parts on a baseball team. You know, I mean, at least on basketball, yeah, you might have lesser talent, but there's only five guys. So one guy can make a huge impact where with, with baseball, you know, you got, you got the bullpen. Well, that's closer. what I'm saying. You, 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 got you hand it over nine. to some reliever yeah. who sucks, and he blows a whole good performance yes. that Shohei's well, put up. In the case of yesterday, like I was watching it, like that, yeah, that I doesn't mean, compare to anything else. There, and they made some moves at the deadline. I think they acquired Mustakas and uh, and uh, the 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 other guy from um, from the Rockets. I can't remember his name. I'm blanking on it. But like, you get to the middle of that order to the bottom, it's just it's useless. It's god awful. I don't nobody expected an LA a you know, lineup breakdown today, but I happened to be watching it yesterday. And you just, you, you hate to see, you know, somebody so great just be kind of wasted, you know, in that way. Because um, that's what's happening. But not for much longer, Jason. Not for much longer. We only have, a, you know, what, 40, 50 more games. And uh, then yeah, he'll be. 109-ish, 110-ish range. Yeah, he'll be off to uh, the, other, the other team in L.A. Yeah, I'm looking at the Braves. The Braves played 109, so we're all in that sort of. 110, 111, 112 range. Exactly. For games played, 50 left. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but anyway. Go Cubs, go. Yeah, go Cubs. Hadn't said it in a while. That's right. You've been no, in No, you Cardinals fans are loving that. What, what are the cards doing? What are Bo- they? Bottom of, the, bottom of the whole, damn near the whole bottom of the uh, the National League, not just the bottom of the Central. Have 49 they, uh, and 64. Loving Mazalak, apparently, and what he got back as sellers. I Maybe that's just Brad's spin. I'm, I'm sure most are frustrated with him. I just, I can't. My goodness. Are they going to fire Mike Matheny? They're not as big underachievers as the Mets. That's a fact. Right. And I'd mentioned the, both right. of those teams. the payroll. But the but... Mets payroll is in the $300 million. Well, half of it was Scherzer and Verlander. True. And they're gone now. Yeah. Right. Uh, but uh, but they, they are a complete uh, – you could give the, the yeah. Cardinals a disrespect dog for this season. Have they fired Mike fairly. Matheny yet? or is that... It ain't Matheny, bro. It's like oh. Marmol now. Oh, okay. Yeah, Matheny been gone, dude. You get you got to get ca- ca- caught up in the Central. Man, hey, I mean – You've been covering the uh, – the Angels too long. Thank here. God they got that random World Series, whatever the last one was, right? Cardinals. Yeah. Was it, is it 11? 11 yeah. was the last one, I think. Yeah. We see we've been more relevant recently than they have. That's right. With your uppity selves. That's right. And that was like a very random appearance, wasn't it? Like they weren't considered like a World Series contender by any stretch, and yet they won it. They still got like eleven titles though. Yeah, they got eleven titles, Jason. And that's but, what they'll tell you. I mean, how many of those came before? You know, 1990. Kirby's in it. How many of those came before? Uh, I mean, 26, 31, 34, 42, 44, 46. I mean, how many of these actually came after World Wars? I mean, I don't. You don't have to look at Dennis. I don't believe he's a Cardinal fan. You're, no, you're I know, leaving it to, to him to explain. <laughs> but I'm, yeah, I'm. I'm not looking at Dennis because of that. I'm you look, were, you were looking at his eye contact with Dennis. Well, Dennis is a. A lot of people don't know Dennis, who's with us here. Dennis is a uh, World War historian uh in his time off when he is not producing he likes to read about the great war uh which is something that he does quite a bit over there in that hole you know i like to uh i like to jump in on shows from time to time yeah uh i'm told that i can't go into jeffrey and in his show but i can ruin your show anytime you want (laughs) that's right just let me know what what uh what have you learned about the great war anything new or I think Jason's the a player and you're just kind of hanger on is what i I think what i'm saying here yeah I think He's Jason's got it broken down pretty player. good. Yeah, no, he, I love John. That's right. But I think you might just 
kind of be hanging on. That's right. Well, see, that's not what that's uh, the, the question out. was. You know, I mean, that's and that's yeah. and that's why they don't let Dennis talk anymore because he just comes on and he just says just hurtful things, hurtful things. I think you needed a little humbling. Yeah, uh, but but uh, anyway, uh, maybe that's what the Angels need. Okay, and wait, getting... wait, 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 though. But let me say, I'm a John Martin fan. Thank you, for John that. Martin for mayor. Okay. Yes. Thank. I got the T-shirt on now. You're the man. Any uh, contact from? Palazzolo over the weekend. No, no, I got, your, no, I got uh, none of that. After your attack. No, it was not an attack. It was a very oh, fair I, criticism. I believe that was Friday. Uh, but but I, I did not get any uh, communication. Sam said she got a lot of text, so she was kind of nervous. You know, I'm like, don't worry. Like, we ain't tripping about that. No burning crosses in the yard, as I predicted. Like, do you think that 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 they could manage, like, some kind of attack on me? They can't even get running water to their residents. Like, I'm not worried about their logistics. Their supply line's very vulnerable. We'll be fine. Well, as you've learned, Palazzola entrenched. What have we got? Three more? Three more. Okay. TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. You got a long time. Yeah. Uh, all right. Jason Fitz is going to join us on the other side. We'll talk to him, get his thoughts uh, on conference realignment uh, and more. Stick around. Jason and John, I'm to film. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Your favorite NFL team is getting ready for a new season of football. From OTAs to minicamp, Odyssey is your home for local sports talk and coverage all off-season long. Get updates on key storylines, rapid reactions, rookie reports, and more. From people who know the team the best, it's always football season with Odyssey. Stream the shows you love on your computer, phone, smart speaker, or in the car with Android Auto or Apple CarPlay. Yes, Jason Fitz joins us every single week here on the show. Follow him on Twitter at Jason Fitz. He joins us now. Fitz, uh, as the dust settles on college football and realignment, um, where, how, and how do we feel? How do we feel about everything that's gone down the last two, two and a half weeks? I'm a little stunned, honestly, at the timing. I think. Most people are a little stunned to see all of it just change so rapidly, so quickly. But I think there's a clear line in the sand now. You're either one of the haves or the have-nots. Like, you know, y'all know that I'm originally from Vegas. And for years, being originally from Vegas, I've yelled and screamed, you know, UNLV somehow, some way needs to get into the Pac-12. Well, now that would be completely irrelevant, right? Like the line between relevance and irrelevance has been drawn in the sand and it's been drawn into mega conferences. So now what does everybody else do? Like, I think what we just saw is, the path to the playoff for mid-majors and lower got much more difficult. Uh, we're going to see the playoff structure change because these mega conferences are going to want to protect wild cards. And by doing so, you know, in some level, it changes the angst that comes with one win or one loss throughout the course of the college football season. So the sport has changed forever. That being said, y'all, like, let's be clear, when USC plays UCLA, it's still going to have meaning, right? Like, I don't think the sport dies from this. I just think the sport has changed and shifted in a way that will change the competitive balance of uh, college athletics forever. Four left in the Pac-12 as we know it right now. Do you think, Fitzy, eventually the Big Ten lets Cal and Stanford in? What what becomes of those two? I, unfortunately, I think Cal and Stanford are just going to realize that now they're, and, and I say this with a lot of respect, but they're a heck of a lot closer to be in Memphis than they are to be in UCLA, right? Like that's, that's the reality for Cal and Stanford because – why, why do you need them? I think what everybody has to remember is that 
there has to be value added at some point. It's not just a matter of going to the conference. It's what do you bring to the conference in dollars, right? Or what do you bring to the conference in eyeballs? Like, I think some of my peers have been really wrong saying it's about market size. It isn't. It's about marketability of rivalries. So if you're Cal or Stanford and you're going to the powers that be and you're begging to be included, what's the reason that you draw eyeballs to the Big Ten? I don't think there is one. So I think prominent schools like Cal and Stanford are about to be left out of this this race completely, and they're going to try and form their own new conference, but that new conference is going to be group of five, essentially. Whatever the Pac-12 is left with is group of five, not power five at this point. Yeah, if you're if you're George Klyavkov here, um, like how how are you feeling um, is the first question. And then secondly, after you work through those feelings, what are you going to do? I think what you're going to do is you're going to try and get the best media rights you can, and you're going to convince people that what matters still are every other sport, Olympic sports, the schools, as a, as a general rule, basketball, you're going to lean on all of these things and say, hey, there's opportunity. What I'm curious about, and this might be Klyavkov's only way of trying to salvage anything here, is do you turn around and basically start a national campaign to separate football from every other sport in a conference standpoint? Mm-hmm. Is your method to try and saving relevance for the Pac-12 going to be essentially saying, hey, football should be its own thing, but all other sports should still compete in the Pac-12? That could save you some money on the basketball standpoint. Yeah, I mean, at, you know, and looking at this, you're, you're talking about George. I mean, you got to give, you know, at one point we're, we're asking, okay, you are, Mark, what are you going to do? And even us in Memphis here, we were reporting about a visit and everything. I guess you, you have to give your, Mark, credit for moving as swiftly as he did. There was one point where we thought it was the Big 12 that was going to come apart. Yeah, exactly. And now I think we get a better explanation of why the Big 12 did what they did. Like, we, we sort of have to acknowledge that once the ball started rolling on this, yep. it was never going to stop. I just didn't think it would roll this quickly. Like, it avalanched downhill yep. so quickly. That surprises me. But realistically, what we've learned is that every school right now understands that the, the economic difference is huge. Like, the reason Florida State is so angry right now, and it's a fair one, is that they pull in so much money for the ACC. But – realistically over the course of the next 10 years, they're going to pull in 30 to $40 million less per year than other schools in their same state. That's a a half a billion dollar difference. You can't make that up over 10 years, right? Like that's just going to put them in a much different threshold. So now if you're Florida state and you're Clemson, you got to be looking around saying, I don't really care what it costs to get out of this. Is there any way to do it? I think the answer to that legally is no, and they're going to be stuck. So now, Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to schools like that. But, yeah, I mean, the Big 12 was aggressive because they had to be, and they saved themselves in the process. What about about these sort of schools that, you know, obviously if if you're in the league, if you're in in one of these three, Big 12, Big 10, SEC, you feel great today. You're like, man, dodge that one, right? But what if you're one of the teams that's, you know, just perennially in the bottom half, of these leagues, you know, I think like if we're going to talk SEC, let's say, you know, Vanderbilt, uh, let's say, you know, we're talking from a football perspective, you know, we don't know what it's going to look like for Mississippi State under under Arnett, and they're in a small market. Like if you're a mediocre team in a small market in one of these power leagues, what is the probability that some of these newcomers say, why are they here? 
And why am I splitting money with them? I mean, Texas is a huge power broker now. Oklahoma's a huge power broker now. UCLA and USC are huge power brokers in the Big Ten. How likely do you think it is that teams that are in these leagues today are not tomorrow? I think it's really difficult to eliminate. And I've asked that question a lot, especially around Vanderbilt. I've asked people around the SEC, why? You know, Vanderbilt's basically just taking free money. They don't care about football. You know, again, they have new leadership from when I talked to anybody there. But years ago when I did talk to people there, I asked, why are you not investing more in football? And the answer I got was very simple and very blunt from one of the insiders at Vanderbilt who said, frankly, our students don't care, so why should we? Right? Like, we're in the SEC because it makes us money. So is there a line where competing matters more than that? I I don't know because the way the bylaws are written in these conferences, it's very hard to remove somebody. I don't know that there's going to be an easy path to doing that. But what you you make a great point. I I won't even go with the Vandys. I'll go look at how many of these schools just came up. Oregon. Oregon's a great example. What are the new expectations for Oregon? Because you can't tell me the expectation for Oregon every year is that they're going to be better than Ohio State. That shouldn't be real. So what is the expectation now? Is Oregon suddenly fine as a fan base with the reality that maybe once a decade they make a little playoff run? Because I think that's real. Like, I think a lot of these teams, Oregon and Washington, that are finding a new home are also finding with it five losses out of the gate. Are you comfortable being the fan of a program that is always going to be third, fourth, fifth best in your conference, and every once in a while maybe you make the playoffs? I I think we're going to see – a real mindset from athletic directors that's similar to the NFL. Look at the NFL. If you make it as a wild card, you're rarely fired as a coach, right? So if you're Dan Lanning and the coach at Oregon, if you make it as a wild card in the playoff, you're rarely going to be fired as a coach. But is the fan base going to be content realizing that best case scenario is every five or six years you make the playoffs? Like that's a much different world for USC, for UCLA. And everything got tougher for all like Wisconsin now, like, Who's Wisconsin moving forward? They're probably a four- or five-loss team that every once in a while shocks the world. I, I don't know if their fan base is going to love that in a decade. Yeah, we're talking to Jason Fitz. Uh, joins us here on the show every Monday. And then the prize of college sports um, is the NCAA tournament. We know that. Is that going to be untouched, or, or, or are you uh, more cynical about where these power leagues want to take it? I think that's going to be untouched because it makes everybody so much money and everybody seems pretty happy on it for now. But let's see where that goes. Because, like, number one, and Heather Dennis has been reporting on this kind of all day uh, on Twitter, uh, or X, I guess I have to call it now. Uh, She's been reporting on social media that, you know, the playoff conversation is reopened in in football. Uh, That's still going to be changing. But when it comes to the NCAA tournament, It is such a perfect event that makes so many people so much money already. I don't know how much it will change because the other part of it is remember, you all know this really well, it it goes by round and it goes, it's money that's pooled out. So suddenly if you're the big 10 or you're the sec, you got more chance to get farther into the tournament. The more, more teams you have going further into the tournament, the more money coming into your conference, that gets pulled out to everybody. So I think it's still a win in this concept around the NCAA tournament, but Man, everybody else, like the the Memphises of the world are now going to have to start fighting tooth and nail to find where their money comes from because it's going to be tougher and tougher to find a way for one of these small conference schools to to cut through and actually get any money for their programs. Uh, I know that my partner has Drake uh, concert cancellation questions that he wants to ask ask you, but I wanted to first – I have to – 
You were you were you were at the Red Sox game. Had a chance to get a foul ball. What 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 happened there? Yeah, I cowered. I fear. You know what? what? My, my buddy got us tickets. We were like three rows back in that section, and he said right before, and he's like, "Hey, it really, the ball never comes up over here." It was a fair ball that bounced off the wall in the inside of Fenway uh-huh. and up, and it went it went right over my head. Like if I had put my hand up faster, I would have had a real shot at it. Instead, I like halfway ducked. And by halfway ducking, it hit the person in three seats to the right of me in the row behind me. They came away with the ball. Like I, I, the, the, the look of disgust from children there that realized <laughs> that I wasn't big enough for the moment, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. Yeah. Okay. So, look, we got to get to the bottom of something here, Fitz. Uh, Drake, uh, ha- his dad is from Memphis. And so, initially, as he, he was kicking off his tour, he was going to start this thing off in Memphis. Memphis was going to be the first date there at FedEx Forum. Uh, as we got closer to the date, that was postponed. It was rescheduled for a couple of months down the line. Uh, it's supposed to be this weekend. Yeah, it was well, Sunday. three, four days before, I guess it was uh, maybe that Monday, that Monday, uh, he rescheduled, or he cancels it. He just, uh, uh, it, out of nowhere, the date is canceled. Everybody's getting refunded. There will be no Drake performance in Memphis. Now, the statement was from his team that it was logistics-related and that they couldn't put on the kind of show that they wanted to put on at FedEx Forum. Though, people have been saying he has been rehearsing here. Yeah, that's a fact. For uh, at least multiple days. Multiple days. uh, And then he blames the logistics you know, less than a week out. What's going on here? Is this a ticket sales thing? Is it like what, what, as a performer yourself, what's happening here? So I saw the news and I saw that he was rehearsing there. And my guess is that had a big part of why they, they canceled it. Right. Like, because rehearsals a far different beast. And one thing that you learn in, in rehearsal, in fact, like so often the last two days of all rehearsals, every, every tour were not spent playing a single note. It was, uh, it was setting up the stage tearing down the stage for everybody involved. And it was two straight days, eight hours a day, just to figure out how to load the trucks in a timely manner. Cause they have to be able to do it a certain amount of time for labor hours. There's all this stuff that goes into it. When they talk about logistics, it is true. Especially a lot of the big tours will have multiple tractor trailers that go to different cities. So for example, uh, a, a, t- a tour like Ed Sheeran or Taylor Swift, they actually have, uh, they have set a and set B They're the exact same. They sent one to one city and one to the next because it takes so long to set it up, things like that. The logistics are a nightmare. My guess is after spending a few days in there, they realized that it was probably really difficult for them to be able to do the load-in and the things that they needed to be able to do with the room the way it was built. So, like, it isn't that uncommon uh, when you think about it. Like, a lot of times people want to blame tickets, but so often it truly is, hey, I have to have this much space to put this much uh, stuff in, these particular speakers have to go into this particular mount, and there's a lot of, uh, like, exacts in our tour. Our production manager would spend months just figuring out which speakers we had to have on the tour in every city that we took with us so that we could have the right sound. Like, so when you think about the logistics, that's real. It's a little surprising to me that it was delayed and then canceled. Yeah. That tells me they probably figured out something during rehearsals that just made that room not work for them the way they wanted to work it. It's, it, I mean, it's tough because, too, he's going to go play two shows at Bridgestone, and you know everybody will go. I mean, Swift was there for, what, an entire weekend and realized that's where she's from. But with Drake, he's got two still lined up in Nashville at Bridgestone. You guys are stealing and, everything and, from and, us. And, and he can charge, to be honest with you, Fitz, he can charge whatever he wants for those tickets. He's going to fill that place up. That's It's not the case yeah. for him here. You know? that's, a, that's, that's a bad look. I agree with you on that. Bridgestone was, for obvious reasons, 
But Bridgestone was built with one of the easiest load-in, load-outs you'll ever see mm. in your life. And in fact, a lot of people don't realize this. The load-in area for Bridgestone is actually like two blocks away. There's a parking lot that starts an underground ramp that lets all of the trucks wow. get under Bridgestone Arena super easy. So it's, it's kind of wild how easy load-in and load-out yeah. there is there. And you're right. Uh, I, I could definitely see where an artist is looking at it and saying, hey, uh, we've got easy load in, load out here. Yep. Uh, you know, what, what are the ticket sales looking like? Can we just add a second night and consolidate that? A hundred percent would make without any working knowledge on how Drake did that. That would make a lot of sense, uh, especially if he was in a situation where he was 70% sold at one and 60% sold at the other, then it would make sense to consolidate everything for sure. Fitz, you're the best man. And if, uh, cause you know, if Nashville would just, you know, we used to have UFC, we used to have, uh, you know, concerts. If you could just hold off Nashville for a little bit, man, let us have. It's hard to do. There's like, uh, you know, the, our, our uh, one of our DJs on uh, WRVR here has a book. Ron Olson has a book of like all the musicians and acts that stopped through Memphis in the 70s and 80s, and it's just insane, the names. And now they all go to your neck of the woods. So if we could just somehow reverse that a little bit, it would be nice and appreciated. You know, the funny thing is, back when, back in the day, nobody wanted to play in Nashville. 10, 15 years ago, it was impossible to sell. Locals didn't want to go to concerts. Everybody was in the business. Now that it's a tourist trap, it, it really has become like Nashville, uh, has become like Vegas. The thing is, Memphis can't afford to become like Reno. Memphis has too much history and matters too much to the That's state. Right. Like I, I think the state as a group should make a better initiative to push cool cultural things to Memphis that would let it continue to shine for everything that it is. Like Nashville is losing, and I'm not saying this in like in the harsh way it sounds, but Nashville has already lost a lot of his soul. I don't want the loss of Nashville's soul to also cost Tennessee the loss of what matters in Memphis well and said. what matters culturally to the state from that. Well said, brother. Fitz, you're the best, man. Thank you, Fitz. Thanks as Have a always. Great week. Appreciate you, boys. Yep. He is Jason Fitz. Joins us every Monday here on the show. Uh, one of the best, as always. Good th- Good stuff. From him, yeah, man. Like, I mean, if you go in there and you like look at that book, it, it's just you know. And I even said this, like, you know, Mid South Coliseum used to get all these acts and stuff, and you know, now they, not that it's like a super inconvenient thing to have to go to Nashville. If you really want to see somebody, you'll go. You know, like if 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 uh, if the act is big enough and if they are important enough to you, you have no problem making that. What is it for you? Forty five minute drive. Mm-hmm. You know, if Brad were here, he would say knock it out by five, five hour drive. Yeah. You know. Well, it's two and a half. Right, two and a he half. He likes to make it three. He likes to make it three, yes. Yeah. Um, but if, if, you, if you care about the act enough, it's not a big deal, right? But, again, there's a, there was a time where we used to get – Taylor Swift ever perform here? I want to say she I'm, did. I'm, I'm assuming at some point. I think she did, and now she's, she's too big. She's out. She's graduated. You know, Halsey performed home. here. Who? Halsey, Why bro. do you keep bringing she her up as if she's Grammy relevant? Grammy-nominated artist. You keep saying Grammy-nominated because she ain't never won, right? Yeah. Yeah. Lots of people have And won. you try to make her more relevant by adding Grammy-nominated, but she's not any longer. Dude, how, how could you— What's her latest big one that you've been bumping in the Audi? Dude, I mean, how could you just not even— uh, you, I could tell by the way you're going blank in the eyes. You got nothing. I am not a woman. I'm a god. And wasn't she trolling the Grizzlies? That was like t- two years ago. And everybody trolls the Grizzlies. She ain't special. 
You you show me somebody not in Memphis that has not trolled the Grizz in the last two. I'm years. saying shit. Last year's when it got trendy to do it. Well, she was an original as usual. Types. As usual, she was. She was getting pioneer. on for no reason two years ago. Oh, they always talk, bro. They they've been talking the whole time. They've been Halsey. Talking. They should take your front row seat at Lakers games. No, you ain't got celebrity status anymore. Halsey does not have celebrity status bro, anymore. Bro, stop looking at me like you're her number one defender. It's weird, dude. Ain't nobody checking for Halsey right now. That is a lie. Without she has a big fan base. How about uh, without you? Uh, how about uh, or without me? Sorry. How about yeah, uh, yeah. I am not a woman. I'm a god. How about uh, bad at love? Ooh. How about when she was featured on with the uh, chain smokers closer? How about that? How about be kind? What you know about Halsey, man? You ain't about that Halsey life. You, you don't like her music. I you, love her music. You lust after her. I do yes, not. you do. Yes, absurd. you do. That is an allegation. It's lust. That is an allegation that I refuse to accept. Absolutely not. She is a talented artist. She can paint. She can do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You've studied her. I know all about Halsey now. She can act. She's been in. I mean, she's she is the female prince in many ways. Dennis, it's time to go to our final segment and get on after that mess. Even though the summer is technically over because kids are back in school, um, Shoe 360 is still a great place to invest in and get your kid out to because, look, basketball's going to start, and you want them to be good at the game of basketball, right? If they're playing it, you want them to enjoy it and be skilled at it, and that is what they're going to work on, and that's what they're going to do out of Shoe 360. Passing drills, dribbling drills, shooting drills. You're going to notice an improvement in their game if you bring them out to Shoot360. Get that one-month membership, three-month, six-month, all available out of 85 Market Center Drive in Collierville. It's actually a perfect time to get a membership as the summer crowd starts to thin out a bit. Kids getting back into school, and you want to have yours ready for the upcoming school basketball season. Shoot360 will sure have them ready. It's not just the shot that they can perfect. Those massive, huge interactive video boards, uh, whether it comes to your ball handling, your passing, they've got a bunch of video game-like interactive uh, skill drills that your kid's going to love, can mimic what you see on the board, put together combo moves. This is the way you train for basketball now in 2023. You do it out at Shoot360. We like to call it the future basketball training. thing is, the future's right now. Go see them out at 85 Market Center Drive in Cairo. Uh We got... Uh couple of notes on preseason, Jason, because, you know, this is your home for NFL preseason. Can't wait. Uh, Sean McVay has promised for the Rams that this is going to be a uh, different preseason than, than years past. So, go. there you go. I also hear, by the way. guys will play? I think so. Go. Also, I, I, I hear that Bryce Huff is beasting for the Jets. Really? Yes. Like, they, like he may be like a okay. – Potential, I believe that. a potential great. Like they're kind, of, they're kind of trying to hide him here a little bit, but um, yeah, that potentially he is going to be uh, a, a big factor for them on defense. So anyway, that's your update on preseason. Your home for NFL preseason. Hey, before we get out of here, I got to tell you about our friends at the Live Love Memphis Group at the Real Estate Agency. They're the best. If you are about to sell your home and you don't know where to turn. It's our friends at the Live Love Memphis team. They're going to help you make the most money for your home, get you multiple offers, what they did for Jason, and help guide you through what can be a tenuous, arduous process. They will make it easy. 901-625-5200. Jennifer Carson's in the best at what she does, buying or selling 
They are simply the best. Again, 901-62-5200. It's the Live Love Memphis and Live Love DeSoto teams at the Real Estate Agency. It's going to do it for us today. Thanks to Jason Pitts for joining us on the show. Gene, I don't want to jump your arm next. Don't miss it. For Jason, I'm John. We're gone. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Your favorite NFL team is getting ready for a new season of football. From OTAs to minicamp, Odyssey is your home for local sports talk and coverage all off-season long. Get updates on key storylines, rapid reactions, rookie reports, and more. From people who know the team the best, it's always football season with Odyssey. Stream the shows you love on your computer, phone, smart speaker, or in the car with Android Auto or Apple CarPlay. 